This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. Welcome to Overdue. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name's Andrew. That's me. I'm the Craig one. I'm the Andrew one. I the, so regularly we get feedback that people mix up our faces and voices, which I don't understand because obviously I'm me and you're you. Obviously, but I've known me and you for a long time. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, uh, that's yeah. true. Um, What's the deal with this recording, Craig? You're always asking me. I'm asking you this time. Pop yeah. quiz hot shot. So this is the podcast where we read books that we haven't read before. They're usually books that you've like heard of. And you're like, People wow, I wonder what that, what that book's about. And so every other month we do a bonus episode thanks to our lovely Patreon supporters. Uh, and we do it with some of them joining us live via YouTube. So... Uh, shout out to the folks who are here in the chat. We will likely be talking to them throughout the episode as best we can. And if you want more information on how to join us for these, you can go to patreon.com slash overdue pod. The other thing about these bonus episodes is that sometimes they are a good way to just like, you know, chill. Just get a little silly. Get a little silly. I'm reading East of Eden for the show right now. It's a long book about the soul of America. Yeah, I mean my one where the physical manifestation of Uncle Sam uh had relations sexual acts on Richard Nixon so he can take over his body. That also was heavy. Yeah, so we <laughs> so, we wanted a, a a nice light romp, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we read, and it, so it's it's rare that we read nonfiction for the show, but we did read the novelization of the movie Space Jam, which is, of course, the documentary about Michael Jordan's time in the in minor league baseball. Correct, and how he made his re- triumphant return back to basketball. That is also correct. Mid 1990s. Yes, featuring the real people, Porcus Pig and Buggles Bunny. Yeah, <laughs> Porcus Pig and Yosemite Yosemite Samuel, <laughs> Daffled Duck. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing to note, Andrew just did say the novelization. And when we set out on this journey to do this, I purchased us books that are technically what are called storybooks. It is a storybook, yes. Which is a version of the tale a little uh, a little simpler for younger mm-hmm. readers, perhaps to be read to a younger reader, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold it up for the folks at home. It's a big one. <laughs> It's a big book. <laughs> it's big like Michael Jordan it's was in the big. 1990s. And, oh, you can see my ring light. Oh, God. Anyway, Ooh, that's yeah, not good wow. audio. Wow, look, you're so vain. You got a ring light. Oh, man. You can see your ring light in your glasses already, so jig's kind of up for Yeah, you. that's true. Um, um, now, I believe there is a different novelization that our author today, Nancy <clears throat> Krulik, uh, does mm-hmm. get credit for, but has another writer on it. 
Um, that that was Francine Hughes, right? I believe that was Francine Hughes. Yeah, Francine Hughes, who is the author that I accidentally did all my research on. <laughs> so. I looked it up on Amazon, and it looks like it was her thing. I did. It wasn't a lot of work. Don't worry about it. It's fine. This is this is the fun of live. Anything can happen. It's live. What do you want to tell me about Francine Hughes? Just that she did a lot of other like novelization. She she is deep, deep, deep into doing one or two books in some kind of series tied to a major franchise. Okay. So she's got some weird Goosebumps presents Goosebumps credit. She wrote Barbie, the special sleepover. Uh-huh. Uh, she wrote a the Goofy movie novelization, I think. Um, a Power Rangers book about Alpha 5. Still and alive. a book called Wolverine, colon, Top Secret, which I think is about the X-Man <laughs> Wolverine. Well, you're not, I'm not allowed to tell you what it's about, Andrew, yeah. to be so honest. So that's, if we had read the novelization instead of the storybook, that's that's who we would be talking about. This rules. Um, uh, so I, I just want to say, so like, before I talk about Nancy Krulik, who I did mm-hmm. research a little bit. Wonderful. I'm so glad that you did. Um, you saw the movie Space Jam in theaters when you were a kid? Or... I'm not I'm not sure if I saw it in theaters. I did see it as a kid and then I watched it again with Susanna a few years ago. Okay. When it came to streaming services. And I got to say holds up. It mostly do- it, holds it holds up as it, what it, it is. It is it remains what it is. Yes. Yeah. Space Jam is Space Jam. I saw it in theaters. It is neither better nor worse than it was yeah. <laughs> like 25 years ago. I saw it in theaters at a friend's birthday party. We had done some like fake WWF wrestling in the basement, I think. I don't think when you say fake WWF wrestling, that's uh yeah, you know, you know, that's uh whatever it is, not yeah. oxymoron. Yeah, oxymoron, sort of. Yeah, I'm an oxymoron anyway. tonight. Oof. Uh, I left my glasses at his house when we went to the film. I was oh, no. still newly wearing them, I believe, and so. Uh, I don't know how much I appreciated the movie in theater, <laughs> uh, but I have seen it several times since, and I did rewatch it in the lead up to this episode. So I have. I'm really glad notes. that you did because some of the things that happen in the movie are, I think, they're not rendered as faithfully in the book. Yeah, <laughs> but to give y'all some an idea of like the kind of story we're working with. So Henry, my son is two years old Mm -hmm. and this is a little too old for him, but I think for like a three, four, maybe five year old, the level, like words to pictures ratio. Yeah, for sure. Is, is about right for them. It's too much for Henry and not enough of it rhymes. (laughs) So he wouldn't be interested. (laughs) Now my, my copy uh, has a, a hand scrawled name on the cover that just says Cooper written in <laughs> marker. Now Cooper as a character is going to crop up a little later this episode. I just want to plant that seed now. Um, but I do want to tell us about Nancy Krulik who did this storybook is also credited with some writing on the other uh 
On the Annabelle other version, would like Annabelle would like to see Cooper's name, please. Oh, sorry, Cooper. If you can make yeah, it, scooch out. it over, scooch it over a little bit. There it is. There, Your ring lights. There it is. Yeah, that, yeah. There it is. Cooper. It's, it's just. It's so good. It's so perfect. It's like on run, the front of the book too. Every it's not even inside the cover. It's just <laughs> every letter is running away from itself. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. I'll make sure I tweet oh, out a Cooper. picture of this too. Oh, Cooper. Um. So Krulik, born in nineteen sixty, probably an investment banker now. <laughs> Cooper. I don't think that he went on to to jam and slam. I don't think. Um, Krulik, born in 1967, grew up in Brooklyn, moved to Cherry Hill. What, what? Philly area. When she was nine. She got into writing after joining the school paper in college and has written a whole bunch of children's books and teen books in the 2000s and onward, including a big series called Katie Kazoo. Uh, switcheroo, where a young girl switch magic wind turns her into things that teaches her lessons. All right, these are, these are two separate book series. It's not Katie Kazoo colon Switcheroo. It's Katie Kazoo Switcheroo, okay, and then all they're right, all, right, all right. different things that happen. Okay. Um, whole bunch of other books. She also has a series called Ms. Frogbottom's Field Trips, which <laughs> is like magic school bus, but a magic map that takes you places around the world. I see. Pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, she also in the 90s and I guess in the early 2000s wrote a bunch of celebrity biographies for kids okay including a Leonardo DiCaprio biography that wow. made it onto the nonfiction bestsellers list <laughs> at a time where there were two other Leonardo DiCaprio biographies what because it was year the year was 1998 this? 1998 what did, he hadn't even been alive hardly at all he was a little baby it was the year after titanic man i know it was the year after titanic but like that biography it's just titanic i know other celebrities that she wrote he didn't about didn't even do the gatsby or the, nope. the 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 departed or any of the ones that he does <laughs> I would love to write a biography of Leonardo DiCaprio for 10-year-olds about The Departed, Andrew. Yeah. Just the I would like to read the storybook version of The Departed actually. <laughs> oh. No. Um other celebrities she's written about include Hilary Duff, uh Raven, comma that so, JC Chazé, Left Eye, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, Frankie Muniz, Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, and Cameron Diaz, who is Stood out a little bit from the rest. Didn't have the same teeny bopper energy, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, wrote for a bunch that, of that Frankie Muniz has had an interesting arc. What's he up to these days? He like quit acting for a while to just do like race car racing. Heck yeah! And he, I believe, has gone on the record as saying that I want to say some kind of injury that he suffered in his time as a race car driver has effectively erased most of his memories of making Malcolm in the Middle from from his mind. I don't like I'm not up on the latest with him. I have not uh, researched to see if any of this has gotten any better. But that was my understanding last I knew. I hope he's okay. Frankie Muniz. Yeah, he seems all right. Yeah. Um, So recovered actor, (laughs) if you will. uh, So, yeah, she seems rad. Seems like she knows what she's about. Yeah. and this, we should talk about the film a little bit, right? Okay. Like where it came from, 
Yeah. Came Why out it exists. in 1996. It was the first film produced by Warner Brothers Feature Animation. Yeah. And uh, it is a mix of live action and animated characters to say I was tempted to say that it was like riding the wave of who framed Roger Rabbit because it is in that style but yeah. I don't know I feel like that movie's wave had dissipated by like 12 years later yeah I think so <laughs> but um it is a like the the new Space Jam with LeBron James is all like computer stuff now so this was like Oh man, they it did was a, a lot of CG shots in this though. A lot of it, a lot of the way that the the some of the effects are done is a lot mm-hmm. of computer graphics that were like pretty right. Like, and and, and Roger Rabbit was like Independence Day. Roger Rabbit was like well before CG was was a thing. Yeah, but it's still a blend of of two D and live action that you don't really get anymore. Yeah, that's um, true. That's true. And uh, and the voice cast is. It's I just there are six voice actors and they're in everything. That is what I've discovered watching stuff with Mm -hmm. Henry is like all the people in Curious George are it's just like mostly Rugrats people. (laughs) (laughs) The voice cast includes Billy West, uh, D. Bradley Baker, uh, Kath Susie and Danny DeVito. Now, do you know what ties all those people together? I don't. No, I mean, I assume there's one thing that they've all worked on. Together, None of them but... did Looney Tunes cartoons. Like, they're not oh, Looney really? Tunes people. Huh. So Mel yeah, Blanc. Billy, Billy West is like Futurama, Ren and Stimpy. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's the Honey Nut Cheerios honeybee. I think he's the red M&M. He's been. Um, <laughs> he's the red. <laughs> I'm the red M&M. I think he's the red M&M. Yeah. No, because like, Mel Blanc had passed away, I think, in the late 80s. And his mm-hmm. son, I think, Noel. <laughs> Was doing a lot of the imitations for you know newer cartoons and stuff, mm-hmm. and the casting process. This movie was directed by Joe Pitka, um, whose primary claim to fame is a lot of Super Bowl ads, including <laughs> the ones that this film is based on. Okay, um, he got really invested in getting some like we got to get just real honest to god celebrity voice actors and the only celebrity mm-hmm. they got was Danny DeVito and everybody else was just voice actors you can really hear it in the Daffy Duck Daffy mm-hmm. does not sound like Daffy if you're like that's yeah steeped in looney tunes it's something's off <laughs> well i mean i feel like they never so looney tunes now i mean what is I guess there are they are still making Looney Tunes cartoons. I'm not up on who that. knows, man. I I just I know when I was reading some reviews of the new Space Jam movie, which I did not watch because all the trailers for it just made it look like 100 percent cringe, and I just couldn't. I oh, just Space can't. Jam: A New Legacy, starring LeBron. Yeah, yeah. Um, people in those reviews sometimes mentioned that there were newer Looney Tunes cartoons being made and that they were okay. Okay. Sure. But I don't know that like it's it's much more uneven, I feel like, than than Mickey Mouse in terms of like cultural hegemony. Well, like, yeah, Bugs Bunny is not everywhere the way that Mickey still is in a lot of quarters. No, and the reason it's it's the the, the And road... I think I mean my I so I bring that up because I think part of the reason is that I don't know if they ever really got the voices right again, you know? Mm, I think that might be true. The voices yeah. were too important for the style yeah. of comedy that they were doing. Because that's also part of it is like, it's a different thing than what the Disney characters are up to. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So this movie was in, not inspired by. That's a weird thing to say. It uh, is a true account of Michael Jordan 
retiring from basketball in the year 1993 after he led the Chicago Bulls to a three-peat championship win and his father passed away. And he also was dealing with a lot of bad press surrounding his gambling habits. Yeah, it's true. So these are the these are the pressures at work. And in the preceding years, they had made two wildly successful Super Bowl ads: um, mm-hmm. Hair Jordan and <laughs> Aerospace Jordan. <laughs> well, it's kind of the same idea twice, isn't it? Yeah, and okay. <laughs> they were conceived of, I believe, by some ad executive who loved Bugs Bunny. Who's the Who's the ad wizard who came up with that one? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I love Bugs Bunny. Let's get Michael Jordan in an ad to sell some Nikes. Let's Mm -hmm. put them together. It's going to take six months and a million dollars to make this thing (laughs) because of all the animation. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were huge. And people were like, wow, I guess Bugs has it. And people have been trying to convince Michael Jordan to be in a movie for a while. His manager was like, the only role you can play, Michael, is you. So we got to find a movie that you can be in. (laughs) And then they tabled it when he retired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally brought it back after he left baseball and went back to the NBA. Yeah. Um, I watched The Last Dance, but I forget the reason why he quit baseball and went back to basketball. I I mean, I've got to assume that it's because he was good at basketball and bad at baseball. <laughs> yeah, I think it's that. There, I think there are some rumors, and I don't think... The Last Dance dwells on this, and I'm not well versed in the in the rumors about whether or not he had to take like an NBA timeout because of the gambling stuff. It's, you know, um, who can say the who fi- knows, what what is true? There are four people credited with the writing of this film. Uh, That's a lot of people. The for team writing a true account of what happened in Michael Jordan's actual life. It's true. Two teams of people, Leo Benvenuti and Steve Rudnick, who are mm-hmm. alums of the Carol Burnett show. Andrew, they wrote the film The Santa Claus. Ooh. We have read Did they write the, They didn't write the subsequent one, so right? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, Santa Claus is good, though. That the, one holds up. The other pair, Tim Harris and Herschel Weingrod, they wrote uh, a number of 80s comedies, including Trading Places, Brewster's Millions, Twins, and Kindergarten Cop, which I think is mm. maybe an early 90s comedy. A bunch of movies I have heard of and not seen. Yeah. No, I think I've seen Trading Places. I'm sure I've seen 10 minutes of twins on Mm -hmm. tbs the superstation at some point Mm -hmm. um spin in the chat is talking about one of the newer looney tunes cartoons uh says they released a minute-long cartoon called dynamite dance in which elmer fudd wields a sickle instead of whoa his typical gun probably because the pc police came and took his gun but i think a sickle (laughs) is worse in a lot of ways well, should we get into this book that we read here, and then maybe I'll pepper it with some movie thoughts along the way? That sounds incredible. Thank okay. You. Get us into it, Andrew. So the first page begins, and if you are a fan of novelizations that have full-color photos from the film, <laughs> this book is a treasure trove. The book opens with Michael Jordan giving a press conference. And it says, change was definitely in the air. High-flying Michael Jordan, the world's greatest basketball player, had just announced he was leaving basketball to become a baseball player. (laughs) And so, and then the very next page is like, also this big monster wanted to improve his space amusement park. (laughs) 
And this monster, he, I mean, he's wearing a purple suit with like flip-flops. Yeah. It's a it's a look. It's quite a look. It's uh, this guy's name is Swackhammer, voiced by Danny DeVito in the film. And he runs an amusement park called Moron Mountain. Uh-huh. And he needs new attractions. Yes. And these are as so far these are unrelated stories that are playing out next to each other. And then it, there's a account of Michael Jordan's baseball career. Where is this a quote from the movie? Because yeah. it's a picture. Okay, it's a picture of Michael Jordan standing on base, and there's a little speech bubble coming out of him that says, "Let's face it, I stunk up the place." Yeah, <laughs> which is now I do think that that is a convention. <laughs> that is a convention of this storybook is that it takes mm-hmm. when it is using. So, like some choice, just choice quotes from the film, like the, one, the pool quotes that you just can't live without. You know, yeah. the iconic, memorable quotes. It puts them in. Do you want to pull that while I'm talking? And you want to show that one to the folks oh, in yeah, our I chat? Can show. We stunk up the place. Um, yeah, let's face it. Let's I face it. I stunk up, up the place. place. Those are usually quotes from the film. Now I noticed a few spots where they are taking quotes from other parts of the film. <laughs> And putting them in a scene that works in the storybook. Yeah, that's 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 how pull quotes work. That's Greg. they aren't always right next to the the text that they're excerpting. The main thing that has been alighted in these three pages already. Uh, the mm-hmm. film does mention, or at least allude to, the passing of Michael's father. He says something to the effect of, "I'm just glad." Oh, and it also starts with with uh, little kid Michael. Shooting hoops in his uh, in his driveway, <laughs> and his dad walks. This book out. doesn't have any of that. Yeah, and his this dad walks out and is like, "Hey, you gonna stop shooting? I'll let you keep shooting until you miss." And he like doesn't miss for like five more shots, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, I want to fly." You know, that's mm-hmm. what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, then, he wants to jam and yeah. slam. And then there's a thing where it says uh, he gives his press conference. He does mention that his father got to see him play his last game. That's like the allusion to that. Uh, and then he's going to retire. And then we get some shots of his family being like, wow, you're bad at baseball. <laughs> his kids are like looking up his stats and people Aren't in the being, local news are talking about it. We're supportive of his hobby. Like, I don't. Sure, he's not great at baseball, but I couldn't quit my job as a writer and go work on an oil derrick and go automatically be great at it. You yeah. know, like it's true. Practice makes perfect. Practice makes perfect. And according to The Last Dance, which was made with the full involvement of Michael Jordan and is extremely (laughs) pro-Michael Jordan, he was a very hardworking baseball man. And he did, if it had been his junior high, if he had been like me in seventh grade football, he would have been the one who got the most improved trophy because (laughs) because he really put in the work There's, to get better you you reminded me of a fun bit in the film where the opposing catcher had asked michael for an autograph and mm-hmm. was thanking him for the autograph for his kid and then the catcher is telling michael all the pitches as they approach and michael still can't hit him he's that bad at it oh michael oh michael oh michael so what happens next in the book andrew so uh michael jordan stinking up the place on the baseball yep. diamond and then we're back to Swackhammer. And he's like, you know who would be really great for my amusement park is the Looney Tunes. <laughs> yes. They're on the TV behind him. That's how this how, is yeah, delivered. How about instead of negotiating with them for like rights to their likeness or something, I like kidnap them 
and make them live and work in, in my park. Yeah. Um, totally so normal. He makes he makes his minions the nerd looks. <laughs> well, in the so in the book they're called his alien slaves, which is yeah something that's something. Uh huh. Uh, so they go in a spaceship to Looney Tune Land, and they get punked by Bugs Bunny. Classic, classic Bugs. It is worth noting that Looney Tune Land is in the Hollow Earth in the film. It is a li- I mean, you can catch it in. One or two spots in this book. It is subterranean. You, like it is the, inside the earth. It is inside the earth. Because there's that bit in the in the movie and in the book where Michael Jordan sticks his hand down a golf hole. <laughs> yeah, and, and he gets sucked into Looney Tune Land. Okay. Yeah, and so they their spaceship actually flies through Michael Jordan's baseball field. That goes to Looney Tune Land, and so, so this is. You know what is visually interesting and clever yeah. and fun about the flick is you do get a lot of like very cartoony stuff. You get the blend of of live action and 2D animation and you occasionally get some amazing effects where like Michael Jordan gets wadded up into a basketball or he stretches his arm out real big or like Wayne Knight gets smushed into a pancake. Yeah. And those are all very interesting visual gags. None of that is present in this book at all. Yeah, they didn't put any of those you, images if you, here. Yeah, I don't know if you clock this, but Michael Jordan always looks like Michael Jordan in all of the pictures. <laughs> I don't know if it was a agreement that they had where like you can't doctor Michael Jordan's body for this book and like all of the composite images of like him and the cartoon characters just look like ms paint yeah they don't look good they they don't they look like somebody who has been given photoshop and no instructions on how to use photoshop it's that like that's what would create these images there's no they're not great there's no illustrator credit There's no illustrator credit on this book, which actually really confuses me because, yeah, like some of the art of the Looney Tunes characters in particular does not one to one the film. Like this is not Mm -hmm. just a frame of the film put on the page. They're trying to do some storybook magic Mm -hmm. that is original, but it is not what's in the movie. Yeah. Anyway, Bugs doesn't want to work at Moron Mountain. Well, so it's it's first they interrupt a cartoon in progress, which I'm in the movie, I'm sure is very visually interesting. But in the book, it just says the Looney Tunes were in the middle of an exciting cartoon when they got the call. Yeah. They stopped right in the middle of the show and raced over to town hall. Yeah. So they have a government, I guess. And they, they, I think it's called I think they call a union meeting in the film. Oh, and well, the Looney Tunes would be union, I guess. They've been working in the industry for a long time. Yes, yes. Um and yeah, so the the aliens have come and they're they're gonna take the Looney Tunes, and the Looney Tunes are like, We have to you have to let us defend ourselves. Our game of choice, because your short is basketball. <laughs> the game of American <laughs> basketball. Yeah. You know, it it, it makes sense. The, like the other Looney Tunes offer other suggestions. Nobody has any good ideas, and Bugs is like, "Oh, they're tiny. Let's just play basketball, and we'll mm-hmm. win." Mm-hmm. Um, so the Nerd Lux have to 
learn about basketball because they don't know what it is. We got a lot of people in the chat commenting commenting on the symbolism of Elmer Fudd's sickle. <laughs> because he's a lefty is why he carries a sickle. And then Kara calls him Comrade Fudd, which is good. The, the thing that they... I guess they do. I'm nationalizing <laughs> industry. <laughs> There's a really okay. So I'm gonna jump ahead to a bit at, at towards the end of the story. But when the basketball game is happening in the movie, and the Monstars, who is what the Nerdlucks become, are really stomping the Toon Team, the Toon Squad. Uh-huh, and right. they go into the halftime, and everyone's really sad and thinking they're going to lose. There's a shot where Elmer Fudd just says, we don't want to be swaves. And it's like, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> why that word? We why don't that... want to be swaves. No, why would they? Elmer! Why would they give that line to Elmer? <laughs> Swaves? Yeah. No! Yeah. Come oh, on and jam, God. Andrew. I'm so upset. I don't think I could do the rest of the podcast now. <laughs> so, the the Looney Tunes think that they're in good shape because they propose basketball. The Nerd Lux... <laughs> Uh, dress up now. This is not depicted in the book. They do the kids inside of a trench coat gag, and they go to a basketball yes. game mm-hmm. that happens to have five basketball players. I think from different teams. <laughs> um, maybe they're practicing for like the Olympics or something. Yeah, maybe it's the dream team. They go to a basketball game and they steal all their powers. It's kind of like they they turn into. Goo, they shoot goo. It's really kind of unclear. The book says they like shoot a goo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> and then it steals all their powers and puts them in a magic basketball. When they spotted a player whose style they liked, the aliens released a purple ooze. Then the ooze became a mist and traveled through the air and onto the court. I'm glad that we're also, this book is entertaining and educational because now I'm learning about the states of matter too. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Uh, the purple mist went straight into the brain of the chosen player. Then the ooze made its way back to the aliens, carrying the player's talent with it. Yes. Yes. So you do get like a squeeze it bottle of basketball power. Yes. Um, from this. We get a shot in this book of a bunch of the uh, players in the hospital. They have lost their basketball power. This is standing in for a pretty successful montage of... The basketball player, like Charles Barkley, just getting owned by a 12-year-old on a public basketball court in the movie, which is pretty good. So here's a fun Philly question. Yes. Do we think that Ben Simmons got his power taken away by the Monstars? (laughs) Because that is, you know, that's Occam's Razor, I think, says that he got his basketball powers taken away by the Monstars. Oh, man. Swackhammer at it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the lines in this photo, Andrew, particularly Muggsy Bogues saying, "At least you're still tall. I'm nothing now. I'm just another short guy." That's yeah. Mm-hmm. That is actually from the end of the film, right before 
when they're all hanging out in a sad gym together before oh, Michael okay. comes and before back. they are given their powers back. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, so again, there's a lot of this using the material of the film to make this storybook happen. Um, okay, we get a few more pages of Michael. He was only saved because he was playing baseball. Yeah, it turns out that it was the smartest thing he could have done because they his basketball talent totally flew under the radar. Yeah. Because he was playing the wrong game. So that's why he did it. The basketball... To fool the aliens. The basketball commissioner calls a halt to the season because mm-hmm. they have to get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. In the film, watching it in the year 2021, it's very disturbing as they call in like a government hazmat team to lock down a coliseum because we don't know what's happening to the players. Uh-huh. And then it moves on. And now, and we know though, in real life, when presented with, you know, some kind of phenomenon that causes large-scale illness in sports teams, that we just kind of soldier on and make them play their sport, which is fun. Correct. That's awesome. Yeah. That we did that. The Nerdlux arrive back in Toonland. They head to the they basketball back court. In yeah, and the Looney Tunes are like, we made uniforms, and also we're gonna stomp all of you yeah into the grounds and then the nerd lux take they drink the purple uh it's described as sloppy smelly goo and i just have all kinds of questions about (laughs) what this goo is and what makes it smell uh but they drink the goo and they all turn into big basketball boys um and Daffy Duck says those little pipsqueaks just turned into superstars. And then Sylvester, the cat, says suffering succotash, their mom stars. What is Sylvester's voice again? Is it? It's like, it's like soft, he's soft. got a he's got a speech impediment. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And so it's just like put a, a lot of s's in his in his yes, speech. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yes. I had one of suffering succotash. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they're monsters, and that's where we get that from. Mm-hmm. So something. Uh, that the film Why do does so many very... of the Looney Tunes have speech impediments, actually? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Interesting. The f- Real quick, in the movie, we get a shot of bugs as the monsters storm off, thinking that they're going to, you know, happy at the, scared, at the scare tactics they've used. Bugs says, we're going to need some help. Smash cut to the golf course. Michael Jordan loves to golf, loves to gamble on golf. <laughs> Though I'm sure the movie does not mention the gambling component of his golf game. I'm trying to remember because in the movie he is not just playing with uh Wayne Knight from the hit television show Seinfeld. Um TV's Wayne Knight. Yes. TV's Wayne Knight. Um he is playing with uh, Bill Murray playing himself. Bill Murray does not appear in this book. Not at all. Nor does Larry Bird, mm-hmm. who is also on the golf course. <laughs> and I think that they are making some jokes about like Jordan wanting to win and maybe he's going to take some money. I don't really remember. But they, Jordan hits a ball. It goes towards the hole. And it lands near the hole and then continues to roll kind of supernaturally. Mm-hmm. Now... This is on page 25 of the book. Okay. And then on page 26 of the book, Michael mm-hmm. uh, says, uh, it says, impossible or not, the ball flopped, uh, plopped right into the hole. All right, Michael said, flashing his famous grin. It is a famous grin. Uh, and then Andrew Cooper 
has struck. Mm-hmm. I am oh, missing what did Cooper do? a page of the book. Whoa, oh no. You're it, missing 27, 28? In my edition, Cooper's edit of the Space <laughs> Jam the Cooper, storybook. The Cooper edit. The Cooper edit. It has been released <laughs> to me. <laughs> He has excised the entirety of the bit where Michael Jordan gets pulled through the golf hole. Yeah, so, okay, so you can, I'm, I showed the, everybody the picture, but here's the picture that you're missing. Is this Michael Jordan reaching into the uh, hole? Yeah. And that's as close as you get to seeing any of the movie's effects recreated in the book. Um, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, Michael reached in for the ball. He couldn't seem to grab it. He reached a little deeper and a little deeper. Suddenly, Michael was pulled all the way into the hole. And then the next page is Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny meeting. Uh, Michael Jordan rubbed his eyes in amazement. Was it possible? Could this be Bugs Bunny? Michael asked. Bugs laughed. You were expecting maybe the Easter Bunny, he replied. Michael gulped. But but you're just a cartoon. You're not real. And then they have a the first uh, gay human man to cartoon kiss depicted in American cinema. I don't actually know if that's true. So this movie is number one in the box office mojo category for basketball films. Okay. I wonder how it is in the category of rabbit kissing films. Probably also number one. Yeah. I don't know how many. It earned 90 million domestic. And over 200 million worldwide. Wow. So, in the mid-90s. Um, anyway, Cooper Yeah, struck. Nora says, I, I feel like there was some kissing in Roger Rabbit. And I think, I feel like that is... Yeah, uh, you're probably right. That is true. Yeah. Probably all kinds of people asking their agents, it's not gay if, I, if, it's, if I'm kissing a cartoon, right? Oh, man. The 90s were better left in the 90s. Um, (laughs) So Bugs Bunny is like, listen, Michael. Um, And everyone in Toonland knows who Michael is. They're all very excited to see him. Of course, they probably watched him on the TV. Yeah. And uh, they live underground. They probably feel the vibrations when Michael Jordan is is bringing it on the court. You know, literally how the commercial hair Jordan starts, Andrew. (laughs) He's under the basketball court and a bunch of jerks are playing basketball too loud. And Bugs Bunny's like, what is this? And then they're going to beat up Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan shows up. A lot of people seem to know that Roger Rabbit and Bob Hoskins do kiss in (laughs) Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So I apologize for my goof earlier. It was very inaccurate and I shouldn't have made it. It's worth it, though. This is Hoskins erasure and I'm sorry. Yeah, that's I mean, really. Uh, Don't send Mario down that pipe. Um, (laughs) Bugs is like, listen, Michael, they're gonna make us swaves on Moron Mountains. <laughs> you can't say swaves. Uh, <laughs> he's like, they're gonna make me perform the same type five forever, and I'm just not built that way. I can't do it's, it. It's presented like Space Vegas, basically. Yeah, like, our, you're our right. careers are going to go here to die, and we need your help. And he's like, you got to help us. And they drag him to a dirty basketball court that they happen to have. And they're like, We're, you're going to help us play basketball, right? And I think Michael's still not quite sold at this point. He's just being dragged along while the tunes do tune things. Well, because he hasn't played b-ball in a while. So he's, he's nervous. He about has declared his, himself his done game. with b-ball. 
to be yeah. perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the the monsters, no longer the Nerdlux, the monsters show back up, and they're just mean to everybody, particularly Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't know who he is. Yeah, they throw a basketball at him. They turn yeah. him into a basketball and dunk now, him. This is they show a hand superimposed over Michael Jordan, and I think they could have just showed him as the basketball in the book. Yeah, and they, it would have been more effective. There's but. there's probably at least one solid frame of him as the basketball from the film that they could have used. Now is, here's a question: is entirely, It is entirely possible that any one frame of the composite 2D live action does not look good enough to print in a storybook. Like, I I can accept that. I would also, yes, I would posit that as a potential explanation. I would also posit that maybe this book was in production prior to... Before they had finished the effects. Finished all of the effects. Interesting. Hmm. I also wonder if Bill Murray gave gave his likeness rights to this book or not. I mean... He was Given o- what I know about Bill Murray, he probably was like, this is where I draw the line. He's strong. <laughs> like, I, it I'm is just, my understanding yeah. that he basically convinced the producer, Ivan Reitman, to put him in the film. And Reitman had directed the two Ghostbusters films. Um, mm-hmm. So that, among other th- things for Bill Murray to know him from. Um, but so and then the book. OK, this is one of the ones where the book. I don't think this is particularly effective, even kid-friendly storybook writing that explains Jordan's motivation for for joining the team. Okay, I I, I don't want to skip over the introduction of of deviant art mainstay Lola Bunny either. But no, 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 no. You you say what you want to say first. Michael Jordan could take having a ball fired at his head. He could take being slam dunked through a hoop. In fact, Michael could take just about ev- anything, but when the big brutes knocked Tweety around, Michael had had enough. A face of determination came over Michael's face. Let's play basketball, he announced in Looney Tunes. This book does even less than the film does to establish that they were being mean to Tweety and just t- <laughs> treats it as a thing that I guess had happened at some because point. It, because it's in the book, it's not... I mean, I don't even have a Cooper edit where there was a page torn out <laughs> yeah. where they were mean to Tweety. It is not pictured. It is not described. It is just mentioned in passing that while they were doing all of this to Michael Jordan, they were also mean to Tweety Bird, and that made Michael Jordan want to get back in the game. It's a real blink-and-you-miss-it moment in the film, too. I read this book, watched the <laughs> film, and then read the book again and still couldn't figure out what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. He's um, a fan of the of the little guy is Michael Jordan. Yes, he, he is. Okay, mm-hmm. but you're right, Andrew. You they- should have shown them being mean to a Republican who was buying sneakers. <laughs> That really would have gotten Michael Jordan's dander up. Swish. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to meet a new character that I guess debuted in this film. Yes. Um, on the next page, Andrew, who do we meet to help this team that is not Michael Jordan? We meet Lola Bunny, who is a, like, who has a conventionally attractive human body and then a bunny head. Yeah. With her ears pulled back into a ponytail, I guess. Yeah. And she's just really, we've never met her before in the history of this venerable franchise, but 
two things you need to know about Lola Bunny is she's hot and she's good at basketball. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the book is just like, yo, Lola Bunny showed up. Uh, Bugs is into it. Oh, yeah, Bugs is super horny for the Lola Bunny. <laughs> the film is super horny, but yeah. So, okay, the part where she says, don't ever call me doll is also from later in the film. The monster, I believe the monsters call her doll. Mm-hmm. And she says, don't ever call me doll. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's in the new movie, too. I don't think that she's been in anything else. I think these are her two credits. I don't. Maybe they made some. She only shows up when they need to play basketball. Yeah, because that's her whole character. And they don't need to play basketball that often because they're cartoon characters. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she's got some skills, so she's going to be on their team. So the book elides over what I'm sure is a very engaging cartoony action sequence in the movie where some of the Looney Tunes need to go get Michael Jordan's gym shorts from his real house. Yeah, they get <laughs> I think his dog tries to eat them and Michael Jordan's kids help out and they're like, "We helped you, Bugs." Um and then his kids don't show up again until the very end of the movie. So whatever. It I again forgot that the book did not include that also when I was watching the film because it's mm-hmm. so fast and unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And um, then Wayne Knight is there for some reason. So Suddenly. his so Wayne Knight's character, we didn't even really explain this. Um, Wayne Knight's character, Stan, is Michael's like handler. He's not a manager. I think he's someone that either the team or his own management team was like, listen, Michael's in this baseball thing. Like we need someone to just like make sure he's taken care of, do whatever he asks, uh, and just be there. And that's what Wayne Knight is in the film. Mm-hmm. He's very needy. He's very nebbishy, you know. Playing the nebbishy side of Newman from Seinfeld without the sort of evil yeah, side. Yeah, none of the evil. Uh, way more of a of when Costanza is playing really low status mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow he finds his way to Toonland. <laughs> like, I think he he's it's like inspecting important. the golf hole. He, get, he goes in there. Whatever. Doesn't make any sense. Um, and the whole time in the movie, he's like, listen, Michael, you got to get home for your next baseball game. And Michael's like, no, I have to help my friends, the Looney Tunes, you idiot. Some discussion about the, uh, the appearance of Lola Bunny in the chat. Yeah. Uh, Annabelle does call the ear ponytail ear binding, which is. Oh my God. If, if Craig had not already said the word swaves to me on this podcast, that would be the worst thing that anybody had said on this podcast. Can I just tell you right now? I honestly don't know that I'd thought about them being ears. Yeah. They're, they're her ears, Craig. They're her ears. And the, the, the scrunchy thing that ties them back into a ponytail would be right over like the actual hearing part of the ear. So I don't like this. Yeah. Well, not a fan. It was more important that she be a sex object than she be. Oh a, man. Uh, Every time she's on screen, it's a lot of wah, wah, wee, wah, kind of like woohoo, wolf whistle yeah. crap. So we get 
Uh, I don't know. The, the Wayne Knight's here. The, the Michael Jordan special the basketball shorts are here. And then we transition very swiftly into the big game. There's no real training itself. montage. Skip right to I'm the game. I'm not sure why, like, the Monstars... Like, I don't know when they agreed that the game would be. It seems like the Toons and the Monstars meet up a couple of times as, like, teams of players. Yes. <laughs> before they actually have the agreed upon game of basketball with each other. And Correct. Not, like, I don't know if they set a date in advance and they were allowed to, like, practice with each other first or or what the deal is. It is we Im- finally do get to the basketball game. Yeah, it's implied that they had some sort of we'll see you in a week situation, but it's uh-huh. really unclear what the details were. And then we get the full page, and hopefully Cooper didn't rob nope, you I got this, this page. We get the, the full page spread of the Looney Tunes ready for the basketball game. Granny is there yeah. for some reason for the first time in the book. She's yeah. not appeared in any of the other drawings so far. Yeah. This um, is all inside the Earth. Carol says it I is weird that it's called Space Jam because the jamming is happening. It's, none of in it's in the happening interior. In space. <laughs> <laughs> I had never thought about that. They are actually <laughs> jamming to avoid going to space. Yeah, they're like jamming to the center of the Earth. They're not space jamming. <laughs> oh man! Wow. <laughs> what were we doing in the night? No, Granny... I mean, they're playing against guys who are from space. I yeah. guess that makes it a sort of space jam. They're getting space jammed. Mm-hmm. Granny, I think, I think Granny does some cheerleading, but Granny might also play. There's a spot where Granny looks nice and beat up, as if she's been playing against the monsters. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. So the first half of the game goes... Kara points out that the Earth is in space, so I guess that's... <laughs> I guess anything that happens on the Earth is technically happening in space. Yeah. The the first half of the game goes very poorly. Um, there's no sense of, like, dramatic buildup. It's just at the end of the first half, it's 64 to 18. Monstars are crushing the Looney Tunes, the Toon Squad. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, Wayne Knight hangs out in the Monstars locker room. Excuse me, Andrew. This is when, um, oh, th- in case you forgot, this is when Elmer Fudd says, uh, uh, we don't want to be slaves. <laughs> that is not uh, represented in the book. Huh. There is no part in the book where Elmer Fudd says that he doesn't want to be a slave. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So uh, Stan, Wayne Knight, has snuck into the locker room of the Monstars. Here he is, just now, standing there like a slub. Uh, <laughs> and he learns that they're drinking purple basketball juice that they stole from the basketball players of the Earth to give them special talents. Yes. Which, to and he, me- brings this intel- he brings this intel back to the Looney Tunes. Yeah. This is a real mess of a plot device that they kind of drew up here to explain how maybe the tunes would have the energy for the second half. Cassandra is trying to draw a comparison between the word swaves and my signature catchphrase, daddy hungry. And I feel like that is rude. Yeah, I think that's it's apples and oranges. Really? It's apples and oranges. Um, so Wayne Knight comes back and he's like, listen, they stole all their power, which to, to me, like, hadn't they figured that out? Like there's news reports that the nerd Lux probably went off and le- like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Michael tries to give him a pep talk. It doesn't work because they're all asleep and hurting. Hurting. Mm-hmm. And Bugs is like, I got an idea. Uh huh. I'm gonna fill up this Nalgene water bottle with mm-hmm. water. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna duct tape a sign to it that says Michael's secret stuff on it. Uh huh. And then I'm gonna say, Michael, remember when you drank your secret stuff, and that's why you're so good. And he drinks it and does cartoon lot like cartoon physics and becomes muscular. And then yeah, so the the <laughs> photo of this that's in the book is the intersection of like three different fetishes. <laughs> so that's fun for everybody. Yeah, he is uh, jacked to every he Sunday is, that's ever been. Yeah, he's a very what, what does the book say? <laughs> Bugs winked at Michael. Bugs took a big swig from the bottle. Almost instantly, he turned into a muscle man. <laughs> he, turned, he turned into a muscle man. <laughs> he turned into a muscle man. You know those, like, whatever those uh, really sick, like, neck muscles get that a lot of pro wrestlers and, and like, weightlifters have? Mm-hmm. His muscles there have their own muscles. Like, he's mm-hmm. got a mountain range on his neck. But he has a tiny regular Bugs Bunny head on top. Correct. Of, on top and he doesn't he doesn't keep this for it's the rest of the story. This no, is... he doesn't. I'm just gonna everybody in the chat hates this image, so I'm gonna just let everybody drink <laughs> it in. What emotion for a bit. is on his face? I mean that? Yeah. I don't know, man. Okay. So he is t- <laughs> he is just inspired. The whole team drinks the juice. And this was something I was kind of, this maybe explains uh, a bit more that the photo and image work maybe didn't have access to (laughs) the rest of the movie. The movie hadn't been finished yet because in the second... More good Photoshop work here. Yeah. Oh, man. In the second half, the Looney Tunes have a real amazing third quarter. And they do it by doing Looney Tunes stuff. They do cartoon mm-hmm. stuff. They bring mm-hmm. bombs. They have <laughs> regulation. They start like messing with physics. Uh, at one point, Yosemite Sam and Elmer Fudd, dressed like the characters from Pulp Fiction, shoot out a monster's teeth while that surf rock plays. It's like a five-second Pulp Fiction reference inside of Space Jam, just for the dads in the audience, I guess. My understanding is the entire sequel to Space Jam is Is that. that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And Katie asks, okay, Craig, here's a thinker. Is the purple goo the Space Jam? Oh. (laughs) What's the difference between Space Jam and Space? Uh, Jelly? preserves (laughs) preserves <laughs> <I don't, laughs> not sure <laughs> uh, i only like seedless space jam anyway, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, fine. yeah um mm-hmm. so i i kind of oh, did wow. miss this is good this is also good photoshop yeah i did kind of miss just real close in on the hands there oh that's pretty bad that's so what really andrew good. is talking about is a spot where oh, i almost called him swizzle stick swack hammer <laughs> is kind of mad that the Monstars are getting space jammed right now, Earth jammed. And he is upset that they didn't steal the powers from Michael Jordan and all the Monstars are like, dude, that's a baseball player. Come yeah, we on. didn't know he played basketball. Come on. And Swackhammer is like very angry about it. And Michael can just like tell, I guess. 
And he's kind of upset that Swackhammer wants to come for him. And he's like, let's make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's let's gamble a little bit. Because <laughs> also at this point, Michael knows that the powers have been stolen from his ba- his basketball buddies. So he's like, let's yes. gamble a little bit. And I don't. I was just thinking about this just now, but like, so the Monstars have stolen the basketball powers from the best, yeah, four or five non Michael Jordan Correct. basketball players who existed at the time. And it, like, are we supposed to read? into anything that none of these people were on the bulls at the time (laughs) like nobody stole scotty pippen's powers nobody stole dennis rodman's powers you're right you're right i don't Hmm. know i don't know enough about the making of the film to say whether or not like any of those people didn't want to be in it i don't know how that went yeah i'm sure some of that is the case Mm -hmm. um i don't maybe they just could because there is a picture in the book, and I'm sure this is recreated in the movie, you see like Michael Jordan's socks and they have a 23 on them, but you never see any bulls. Like, wisp of the Bulls logo because of the legal and financial <laughs> requirements I that that would impose upon. that. You're right. Yeah. There's no mm-hmm. bull. <laughs> There's Bulls footage <laughs> in the movie. There's no Bull stuff in this book. Wow. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, after... Swackhammer and Michael make this deal where he's like, you will give the basketball powers back to my friends if we win. And if we lose, you don't even need to take the Looney Tunes. You can take me, Mr. Basketball, to space. Uh, And he's like, that's great. And the Monstars proceed to start stomping the Toon Squad. Now, Mm -hmm. they (laughs) slammed Daffy. They pounded Porky and trampled (laughs) Taz. I don't... I don't like that they pounded Porky. I don't like Can it I say either. That, that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> when taken together with the image that accompanies that caption, I don't. I'm not. I don't love that they pounded Porky. <laughs> now Michael Jordan is still. He's scoring a lot of points, but they are down to just like four active players because the entire roster is destroyed. Did, including- did you clock that Tweety Bird's in an iron lung? Yeah, in the movie, Andrew, it says Acme Iron Lung on it. Oh, no. Tweety Bird, my favorite Looney Tune, is in a Michael liar, Jordan is in an iron is, lung. Who is single-handedly responsible for Michael Jordan returning to the game of ba- basketball. Unbelievable. Um... And they're like, oh, Michael, we ran out of that secret stuff. I think Daffy says that. And he's like, no, it was in you all along because it's just water, you idiot. Just the Photoshop. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew is showing a Photoshop of uh, Wayne Knight and Michael Jordan at the part in the game where they need a fifth player. And so they put Wayne Knight in. I think the, the fivesome they're rolling with right now is Jordan, Wayne Knight, Bugs Bunny, Daffy, and Lola Bunny. I just, so I want to name, so aside from the Photoshop, the things in this photo that are really doing it for me are stands completely empty. Nobody in them. Yeah. The actual like three point line and like all the basketball stuff is like over to the side of the court instead of like center aligned uh-huh the stadium it's is just, empty the stadium <laughs> it's sloppy it's sloppy work yeah mm-hmm. um it is not quite the same pick of him that they used in front of the lockers but he is still damaged from that incident where the monsters beat him up mm-hmm. um not pictured as andrew mentions 
Uh, Foghorn raced onto the... Oh, um, yeah. They turn him into a stand cake, it says. Uh Uh-huh. Like a pancake. Yeah, because the monsters flatten Stan. Mm -hmm. Um, This is important because Foghorn Leghorn runs out and uses cartoon physics to reinflate Wayne Knight. (laughs) And in the film, it looks a lot like when you get a balloon in Mario, uh, Super Mario World, and you float around. Yeah, the pee balloon, yeah. Um, Not like a pee balloon. Yeah. And Michael's like, what is happening? What are you doing? And uh, I didn't know you could do that. And Bugs is like, hey, man, it's Looney Tune Land. You can do whatever you want. So Michael has an idea. I just feel like that should have been the first thing that they told him and yeah. not the last thing. Yeah. And um, also, I don't like what. How can you sustain a permanent injury as a cartoon character? It's a good question. Also, because this is a whole like the whole basketball game part of the movie hinges on them having enough uninjured players to play the game yes like how do you get hurt in a way that you have to heal from in Uh a cartoon correct (laughs) like i feel like you just you should have the like the birds on your head and you have like the big lump and then you push the lump back in and then you're good to go go. yep Uh Mm -hmm. Mm uh-huh um so at this point in the book Michael, they're down by one point. Michael's like, listen, you just got to get me the rock and I'll go to the key and other basketball terms. Yeah. Get it, take it in the paint. Yeah. And heretofore hasn't played a single minute of basketball. Uh, the Roadrunner is here and he steals the ball because he's so fast. Uh-huh. Uh, in the film, Bill Murray shows up. <laughs> you know people call him the human roadrunner and then for a lot of reasons and that's the thing that you need to know about bill murray and he make he says a bunch of rigmarole about quitting acting to play basketball which i think is supposed to be jokes about michael jordan quitting basketball to play baseball except none of its jokes mm-hmm. he just says things even daffy is like hey how did you get here and he says, oh, I know the producer. He gave me a lift, which is, oh, that's a joke. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, whether or not it's Bill Murray or the Roadrunner, they get Michael the Rock. He tries to score, but the Monstars all dive on him at once. And using Looney Tune physics, he stretches his arm all the way to the hoop and mm-hmm. scores before the buzzer. It's a buzzer beater. And uh, I just this it just cheapens the whole premise, you know? Why? It just it just makes it not about basketball skill. Like, is you oh. could just it's just what do you know about the the physics of the underground, not in space, <laughs> basketball court? Like anybody anybody could have done. It's not even important that they got Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's true. Because you can just stretch yourself out like a piece of dang gum. And win the game. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so, uh, Swackhammer is very upset that his monster is lost. They're very upset at him because he's a meanie. So, they strap him to a rocket and shoot him to the moon. <laughs> Welcome to the jam. You've been sent to space. Everybody's been emancipated <laughs> from Swackhammer's <laughs> space amusement park. Uh, and then, in the film, uh, there's a little... <laughs> 
Uh, Bronwyn yep. says that Looney Tunes physics are only applied when it furthers the plot. Correct. Which is an interesting point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this book doesn't contain any more baseball scenes, even though there's at least one more. And then uh, Jordan takes the magic basketball to his what the book refers to, which I think is really cute. Actually, his his basketball buddies. He found his buddies long faced mm-hmm. at, at the court, um, which completely elides over the fact that they were probably intense rivals. Many of them. Um, yeah. And he gives them back their powers. And uh, I think I don't I, he goes back to basketball. I think they play some basketball in the film together and then it cuts to him being back on the bulls. But here it's like, I feel like real world, Michael Jordan, like intensely competitive would have drank the goo and absorbed their oh basketball my God. into himself. Well, but is that, is that what someone intensely competitive would do? Because yes, he, because well, it would make him better at the game of basketball and also knock out some of his rivals. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Because I think. Well, is, I mean, what, okay, was, what were is, you going to say, though? What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say he's more like he's like a Goku. Like he wants his opponents to be strong so that he can Goku. know that he beat them at the peak of their power. That's okay. Yeah, I could buy that. I could buy that. That's at least the Michael Jordan that's selling you Nikes. The Michael Jordan mm. that's selling you Nikes isn't drinking other people's space basketball power, but maybe. Your space Jam. Maybe Michael Jordan would eat some Space Jam. I think he would have a little taste. There's a little smackerel. Yeah, what if Space what Jam? If Muggsy Bogues got his Space Jam back and like he just couldn't shoot a jumper? And Michael yeah. Jordan's jumper just got a little bit better. Just his his free throw percentage went down by like 30%. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. And you plot it on the graph and you can see it on Jordan. Um mm-hmm. And then we what got- if he, he had all of his skills, but he didn't know how to say the word basketball anymore. <laughs> Borskitball? Get, get Throw me the orange thing. What? Muggsy. Anyway. Yeah, I had fun with this book, even though... It was a fun book. I mean, it helped know. that it took me like 15 minutes to read it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it took me way less time to read the this than it did like the the Nixon. Yeah, uh, making out with Ethel Rosenberg right before she got executed. I think you made a good point early that this storybook version did not really. It was maybe maybe it was not able to due to film production processes, but it didn't deliver on some of the Looney Tunes ness mm-hmm. of this story. That was certainly a draw of the film. Like if you if you got this because your kid liked the movie and you know that you want to read them the story so you don't have to pay to go to the movies again, like this might not get that done for you. Um. And Michael's fine. It, I mean, it has to be Michael Jordan or else the story doesn't get made in the first place. Nothing nothing about the story is like... I mean, in terms of extremely famous non-actors who score roles in TV or films because of their fame in some non-acting capacity... Yeah. He is no, like... He's not the guy who plays the the big guy in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Oh yeah, that guy, the wrestler. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, he's maybe he's like no John Cena, but he's 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 about average. He's right down the middle, I'd say. I don't. Well, he didn't do anything else. Like this was it, one and done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not out here trying to pivot into Bat- Batista says Batista. Yes. Yeah, it's Batista. Um, I don't know that the director Joe Pitka made any other films either. I think he went back to making commercials. Well, I mean. When you get it right the first time, you don't need to come back and do it again. I mean, they they were gonna like make you, a Space Jam you two. Say, you say I made one perfect film, and <laughs> now I am finished with this medium, and I don't need. I have I have said all that I need to say. Mm. Maybe that's why he didn't make Space Jam two happen, even though he had ideas. Yeah, I apologize to everybody in the chat that we had not queued up any Quad City DJs <laughs> for this. Like, I don't know if Craig, you still have like your your quizzo music so no, i'm not running so, through the mixer okay, setup at i the apologize moment. i do apologize uh, but yeah no when you get when you get right the first time you don't need to do it again yeah that's what we say at the end of every podcast yep which is conveniently where we are right now mm-hmm. thanks for reminiscing about the monsters with me andrew oh i've I, it was my pleasure and <laughs> this picture of muscular bugs God. is gonna be a <laughs> gift that keeps on giving for me personally yeah I'm gonna try to re- try to remember. To you know p- who? You know what? You know who doesn't appear in almost any other group photo after she's introduced is Lola Bunny. Yeah. Also, Lola not- Bunny doesn't really factor into the rest of the plot. Like they're out here pounding Porky, and Wayne Knight is being good at basketball, a game he's never played before. Yeah. And you know whose accomplishments on the court are never brought up again is Lola Bunny. Who's huh. very good hmm. at basketball. I just I just got really actually a little mad about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even in the in the movie, um, she's good at basketball, but then the monsters almost squash her and Bug saves her, so they kiss. Mm, yeah. That's how I met Susanna. <laughs> We gotta get out of here. Yeah, we gotta get out of here. Justice right, for, hashtag justice for Lola. Uh, hashtag justice release for Lola. the Cooper cut. Um, hashtag muscle bugs. Hashtag muscle bugs. <laughs> um, don't hashtag anything else we said in this podcast. Uh, thanks to our patrons for joining us. Uh, it was super fun to talk about this super silly basketball story. The super silly non-fiction basketball documentary if you would like to tell us about some cartoon that should make a sports movie uh send us an email about it uh and it will become our intellectual property at overduepod at gmail.com hit us up on twitter and facebook at overduepod i will try to remember to share some of the horrific photos from this book um <laughs> in the coming week thanks to nick Lorandis who composed our theme song andrew if folks want to know more about the show where do they go they go to overduepodcast.com, which is our internet website up there. We have links to the books that we have read and are going to read. Unfortunately, you you probably will not find another Cooper autographed version of the Space Jam storybook. Yep. yep. But if you buy the books that are up there, you get, you know, you in support your independent bookseller, you support us, you get a book. It's great. I don't know why I'm doing the full spiel to <laughs> our most dedicated hardcore fans who are here on a Friday night listening to us talk about a Space Jam book. Um, yeah. Patreon.com slash pod. Join the chat. Come on and slam with us. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, there'll be a September schedule up on the website by the time this hits the main feed, I bet. Um, so keep an eye out for that. And if you haven't mm-hmm. listened to our uh, Public Burning or East of Eden episodes yet, go do that. Um, that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> Uh, until we talk to you next time, thanks so much for coming to join us. If you're if you're there in the chat, and until until we see you next time, try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.